Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the CISSP Cyber Training Podcast where we provide you the training and tools you need to pass the CISSP exam the first time. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to pass the CISSP exam and grow your cybersecurity knowledge. All right, let's get started. Okay, so we are in CISSP exam questions, and we're going to roll into a couple other ones. These are from Domain 1. So which of the following is an example of a conflict of interest that an information security professional should avoid? A, accepting a gift from a vendor for recommending their product. B, reporting a security breach to an appropriate authorities. D, declining a job offer from a competing organization. Or D, participating in professional development activities to enhance their skills. Okay, so which of the following examples is a conflict of interest that an information security professional should avoid? A, accepting a gift from a vendor for recommending their product. B, reporting a security breach to the appropriate authorities. C, declining an offer from a competing organization. Or D, participating in professional development activities to enhance their skills. So what main thing we look at is a conflict of informa- a conflict of interest in this pro- overall plan. So which one should be the correct one? To avoid a conflict of interest, accepting a gift from a vendor for recommending their product can get you into some sticky situations. So you need to avoid accepting gifts from vendors. There'll be times when you will get gifts from vendors that are very nominal in cost, but you should never do it in the event that you are actually providing a recommendation for that. So again, that product can create a conflict of interest as it may compromise the information security professional's objectivity and integrity. So again, you just want to avoid those. And you also want to avoid any perception that could be a problem. So better to play it safe than to be sorry in that whole situation. All right, so let's go on to the next question. 
Which of the following is not a characteristic of professional ethics? A. Subjective. B. Consistent. C. Discerning. D. Universal. Again, which of the following is not a characteristic of professional ethics? A. Subjective. B. Consistent. C. Discerning. D. Universal. The answer is A. Subjective is not a characteristic of professional ethics. Professional ethics are expected to be consistent, discerning, and universal, meaning they apply to all members of the profession, regardless of their personal beliefs or opinions. Ethics are objective principles that guide the behavior and the action of the professionals in their specific practice. Again, which of the following is not a characteristic of professional ethics? A. Subjective. B. Consistent. C. Discerning. D. Universal. The answer is A. Subjective is not a characteristic of professional ethics. Okay, so the next question. Which of the following is an example of plagiarism? So, citing a reference, A, that sources used in a research paper. Okay. B, using copyrighted materials for educational purposes. C, paraphrasing ideas from a published article without proper attribution. Or D, creating an original work based on existing research. Okay, so which of the following is an example of plagiarism? Make sure I said that right. I don't want to say not. Is an example of plagiarism. A, citing a reference sources using a research paper. B, using copyrighted materials for educational purposes. C, paraphrasing ideas from a published article without proper attribution. Or D, creating the original work based on existing research. And then you think about it, makes a lot of sense, right? The answer would be C, paraphrasing ideas from a published article without proper attribution. It's always best to put some level of attribution with this. Paraphrasing ideas from a published article without proper attribution is an example of plagiarism. Okay, what is plagiarism? It's the act of presenting someone else's work or ideas as your own without giving proper credit. That is, again, that's a violation of professional ethics and academic integrity. When I was teaching in school, that's one of the big factors you want to avoid, obviously, is plagiarizing people's work. Give proper recognition for what people do. Okay, let's move on to the next question. As an information security professional, you come across a security incident involving a colleague who has violated security policies. What is the most appropriate ethical course of action? Ignore the incident and avoid conflict with the colleague. B, report the incident to your manager or appropriate authority. C, confront the colleague directly and ask them to fix the issue. D, help the colleague cover up the incident and avoid repercussions. Okay, so if you listen to those, (laughs) it's pretty obvious which one it is. So as an information security professional, you come across a security incident involving a colleague who violated security policies. Okay, so they already violated something, right? Their policies. What is the most appropriate ethical course of action? A, ignore the incident and avoid conflict with the colleague. Uh, That isn't right. B, report the incident to your manager or appropriate authority. Sounds about right. C, confront the colleague directly and ask them to fix the issue. Now, that could potentially be it, but it's not the most appropriate. And then D, help the colleague cover up the incident and avoid repercussions. The correct answer is B, obviously. Reporting the incident to your manager or appropriate authority is the most appropriate ethical course of action. Again, C could be, but you don't want to go down that path because again, you're now, you're you're talking to the colleague directly and you're asking them to fix the issue. The problem is that already occurred. So something has already occurred. So that's not the most appropriate way of doing it. 
All right, that's all we have for today. Go check out CISSPCybertraining.com and get out all the free stuff that I have available to everyone there. All right, have a great day. We'll catch you on the flip side. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freecisspquestions.com or cisspcybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.